0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of Elite Heat, the only wrestling show that you need on Mondays. I feel like I haven't said that in a while, but yeah, nevertheless, we're here. We're going to be talking all things Fastlane. Maybe what, the most...
1: First off, first off, sorry, what things? Like <laughs> uh, This is this is going to be um, um, like a big kind of theme in this podcast. So uh, for like a month now, we've had written down Bonafide Head Myself, Fastlane Super Show, episode 12. It's like been in the books for a while. But, Kevin, as of right at this moment, literally a week away from Fastlane, we have two matches announced. So, what are we going to talk about? I mean, over to you. Like, what, what do we do? What do we do?
0: Yeah, we got two matches. We got the tag team, the women's tag team match that set Twitter afire. Everybody's just so pissed off of the audacity of WWE making a women's tag team match on pay-per-view on Peacock, pal and then you have (laughs) Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship (laughs) this might be the most pointless pay-per-view in the history of of pay-per-views, and I use the term pay-per-views very lightly, this is basically a Peacock special this is not a pay-per-view like, there's not any, this is exclusive in the United States, exclusively on Peacock I don't think anyone on the other side of the world, I don't think people where you are, people in the UK, people in India, I don't think anybody's shelling out hardcore money to to watch this show. They're going to subscribe to the network or they're going to make a fake email. They're going to get a free (gasps) network subscription. I'm not saying to do that. I'm not saying use fake email accounts. I I should back up. I I don't endorse that. But, you know, things happen. Things happen in the world. I can't control what other people do. So if you're, listening, Kevin, if you're listening to this, put your credit card in, pay that nine ninety nine, damn it, for the WWE Network, okay?
1: Kevin, let's just say, I think the, the website Watch Wrestling is going to be getting a bit of traffic in six days from now when Lane takes place. That's all I'm going to say, because the fact of the matter is, you mentioned it right there, Fastlane, like, like this show, I'm hesitant to even call it that, because it's literally... Like what is it? It's not a pay per view because WWE has been abundantly clear in the last seven years now, since the WWE Network model came out in 2014, (laughs) it's been abundantly clear that these aren't pay per views anymore. Pay per views, as we knew them and as they were made famous, would be a four to six to eight week, even like a four month build back in like the 80s and 90s. It'd be a big build. There'd be this. You know, big pay-per-view, you pay your 30, 40, 50 offers of $70 for like WrestleMania, and you get this overwhelmingly amazing wrestling extravaganza sports entertainment experience. And then you fast-forward to nowadays, Kevin, and we've got WWE, I'm Peacock, Michael. Like... Like what even you know? <laughs> I know what.
0: What even is this? But we're we're gonna talk about we're gonna bury Fastlane. But first, oh yeah, I want to oh, be yeah. topical, and we quite frankly we do need content for this week's show because we can't okay. spend an hour talking about Fastlane. I, I want to talk about AEW, and I want to talk about NXT. But what I really want to talk about is the AEW versus the YouTube community rivalry, and. Oh gosh like there's there's a youtuber out there called girl on cinema i don't really know too much about her you know more than i do but yep, what, what fascinates yep. me is she put out a tweet basically calling out tony khan and AEW, saying like oh you you know you, you took down my my channel whatever you got my videos demonetized whatever it was yep, that yep, I've heard,
1: I've heard. so she tweeted here at aw take my ad revenue You obviously need it more than I do with a little, like, angel emoji. But mark my words, this means war, at Tony Khan. So she has pictures of the YouTube copyright claim, like, emails you get, which are like, oh, hi, go on cinema. After a manual review, a copyright owner has claimed some material in your video. So I'll let you go on with this one, Kevin.
0: Yeah, I just, I want to say, I cannot believe that the billionaire owner of AEW responded to This youtuber like like bro. I have to ask this question. How important is the 20 cents that girl on cinema made from the video? How important is that to you Tony Khan? Like for fuck's sake
1: Also, I think one thing that's gonna be important for this to kind of break the fourth wall here for people who don't do YouTube on in the YouTube partner program the, the money you're making from YouTube especially at girl on cinema or myself or like your like Kevin your kind of channel point this, this, there's no way the, the Golden Cinema is making more than, oh, I'll, I'll throw a number out there from like this this video that got claimed, the Jericho and MJF press conference featuring the Young Bucks. That video would be getting probably fifteen dollars. Like that's a gen genuine realistic number because that's how generally how much kind of money you're making from a video that gets that many kind of thousand views. So for that much money, Tony Khan. He has a valid point, which this is something I want to say. Tony Khan responded to this, basically saying that you know he's sorry that you know the content he pays you know, millions and millions of dollars a year to produce can't be used by other people to capitalize off him. Which he's not wrong in that regard, but to the point you made, and I'll let you go on in a moment with this one. He's the billionaire owner. He owns like the Jaguars and all Fulham, all these businesses. And he's going out on Twitter with random YouTubers you know, replying and you know, causing drama on Twitter. Like, imagine Vince McMahon doing this, Kevin. Like, honestly.
0: Bro, this is the same guy having negotiations with Jalen Ramsey when Jalen Ramsey was making a scene trying to get off the Jaguars. Like, this is the same dude that... Like, this dude... <laughs> oh, God. It just goes to show that I'm trying to be very careful with how I say things. So I don't want to get people mad at me. So, how do I how do I word this? This on, is the role model. Yep. This is the role model. He is why he. This is like the guy that AEW fans and people who are on Twitter constantly look up to. This is like their. This is like the holy grail of wrestling. Tony Khan. He's the guy. He's he brought he brought together this like this talent. This mid these mid carders, and they're going up against WWE, and they're like the the good guys, right? And he's the face yeah. of that. He's... I don't even know what to... He's like, um, he's like Captain America to these people. So when you yeah. have Captain America out there tweeting at a YouTuber, it, it just... It doesn't... It's not a good look. Then you get... It, it just it, spreads it, more sensitivity. It's not a good look, bro.
1: Yeah, it, it bleeds through the organization and then it bleeds through the fans and the fans more often than not uh way more hardcore and crazy about the organization and the people who are working in it so as a result the fans become more toxic as a result of this kind of stuff that's like a general almost objective assessment by based on looking at wrestling twitter for months and months one thing i want to mention with this as well so tony khan this is another example this was like a day after tweeted less than one week to the st patrick's day slam next week on wednesday 3 uh, 17. so He's got the stacked match card, the um, St. Patrick's Day Slam, whatever. Uh, Some random account, WWE, AW News, tweets, don't hype up another show and not deliver like you did with Revolution. Just book a great show and not get our hopes up for something to just not deliver again. And then Tony Khan responds to this nobody going, you know, um, asterisk, our hopes. Like, what? Like, can you picture Vince McMahon going on Twitter Responding to these random accounts Like this WWE, AW News account Is 127 followers You can picture Vince McMahon Like <laughs> I don't like this comparison between owners But this is really it's, it, it's systematic of the companies themselves WWE At this point, they're too big for this kind of Petty like Twitter stuff whereas aw you've got the owner doing this and that bleeds through the organization to you know, as you were saying before Kevin.
0: it's not a good look he's being a role model for these people he's showing them like look i'm a billionaire i care about like i'm a wrestling fan just like you i'm a wrestling mark just like you because he basically made himself look like a mark and then you know i mean it's we're two fans using the term mark but i mean it is what it is he's a fan too he's not a wrestler I You know, you say Vince McMahon, but I couldn't even picture Shane McMahon or Stephanie McMahon or Triple H. Like, oh, ah, look at this, Steph. I'm going to reply to this jobber on Twitter, this guy with 10 followers. Like, I, I couldn't even see that. So it's not just a Vince thing. I, I couldn't picture anybody in power in WWE replying just to yeah. somebody with, like, like, 400 followers. It's ah, it's asinine, if for lack Would of a better think- term.
1: And one of the other things you mentioned before as far as... Because we're, we're on this topic of like AW, you know, the community, etc., cetera, et cetera. One thing that also is worthy of bringing up is after AW revolution, the big explosion... Big explosion, that's, that's hyperbole. It wasn't big at all. But nonetheless, nonetheless, the, the sparkler explosion happened. After that, for the next day or two on Twitter, AW were making a conscious effort to copyright claim... And, like, delete people's tweets that were having, like, had videos of the explosion. Um, okay. Can you picture WWE after Hell in a Cell 2019 deleting people's videos of the Hell in a Cell match with Rollins and Fiend? Can you picture Shane, Vince, Bruce Pritchard, Kevin Dunn desperately yelling at the social media crew, delete those videos, damn it, claim those, you know, 22 follower accounts and get no likes on Twitter. Claim their content. Like, it... It, it's, it bleeds insecurity. That, that that's the thing that bothers me about it because it's like what Tony Khan is doing is it, it just gives off a poor message. That's like that's the best way I can put it. Like you know, claiming all these people's tweets you know claiming videos striking videos for no reason well but that uh, one's why, why, why
0: cool. you'll never see vince do that is because well, me while hell in a cell 2019 is on the air vince mcmahon is thinking about oh i have dinner with brock lesnar tomorrow I'll try to bring him back for wrestlemania i gotta talk to the saudi prince and, and and convince him that goldberg is stone cold steve austin like that that's what vince mcmahon is thinking about meanwhile tony khan should be thinking about his football team because his football team sucks so let's be honest <laughs> Alright, both his, both his football teams suck, American and you know football, football, but they both suck, yep. so he should yep. be focusing on those. Instead, he's worried about what people are tweeting, like tweeting a video about his wrestling angle that failed. Okay, it happens. You, you, the company's like a year and a half old. You're going to have things to happen, but what got me, I don't know if you know about this, but he was on a media call. And he was like, "What he was like um, talking to people like Wrestling Inc. and whoever, Ryan Satin, whoever the hell it was, oh, oh, et cetera,
1: et cetera yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And he's like, "Oh, what did you, what did you guys want? Did you think somebody was actually gonna die in the ring because I called it an exploding deathmatch?" I'm like, "Like, bro, oh, just own God. it, just own it." I was watching JD from NY's review of Dynamite, and this is like the stuff he was talking about on there, and it's like. Like bro, he, he JD calls it like it is for the most part when it comes to AEW, and yes, he's correct. just like, correct. like you you sound like a mark. Just own it. Just come up there on the media call and say, look, we we planned a, a really good finish for you guys and it failed. It is what it is. It's not the yep. end of the world. Like, like you're out there saying, oh, you want you to think people are gonna die? Like no, nobody bought the pay per view thinking that John Moxley was actually going to die. <laughs>
1: You know. Yes, because people, because John Moxley is a few months away from becoming a real-life father, okay? Jonathan Good is going to be a dad. We all, everyone buying the pay-per-view really believed that Tony Khan and all the people involved in producing this barbed wire exploding deathmatch, we all really believed that he'd be blown to smithereens and murdered on live pay-per-view. That's exactly what we thought would happen. well like, what kind of answer is that? Like, I, I CBA, Kevin, I CBA, when you're the owner in that position, what you do is, as you say right there, you say, guys, we had a you know, great ending planned, you know, we, you know, it it, we, we own that, it was you know, poorly executed, we'll build from here, we'll be better, we'll you know, entertain you guys going forward. If you have to address it, that's what you say. But instead it's like, oh, well, what, did, did you want us to kill the wrestlers? What?
0: Yeah, this, what? Is what, this is what comes with the territory when your whole slogan and marketing campaign is, we're the wrestling company made by wrestlers, we're for the fans, and you got Tony Khan out there talking to bust it Open and talking to Fightful after every show, and he's given insight. This is the kind of stuff you're asking for when, when you do mess up, because it's very rare that AEW messes up. They don't really put on horrible shows or horrible botches all the time. Like, yeah, we've had that what? time where the Dark Order punched Dustin Rhodes, and it was a debacle, whatever, but... You don't see this kind of stuff very often. So, like, when this stuff happens, the, the journalists that you are in... You're empowering these journalists to feel like they're part of the show and they're your friends and whatnot. You're going to have to answer when things are bad. And I, I, hopefully he learns from it, Ben. I really do.
1: Yeah, but instead you've got random 22 follower accounts that get no likes, retweets, or interactions quote-tweeting a video of the AW, ex- like, sparkler explosion and aw is consciously going out of their way to you know delete those tweets and shut those people down It's it's one thing if you have i don't know if the rock or someone like a big celebrity retweets it and goes oh this is pathetic you know this company sucks i mean that's one thing but you've got these just nobodies these people on twitter who don't get interactions who spend their like their day you know in their basement you know hating on you know successful people trying to censor these people instead of focusing on what can we do to be better what creative moves can we do how can we make our product better using our talents and not just throwing my dad's money at some 47 year old from wwe like trying to make it the best product you can with wrestlers who will build your product into the future but this right here i'll let you go on in a moment kevin sorry for the big tirade this is the stuff that jd is talking about a lot in his dynamite and aw videos of late and it's why that genuinely speaking I believe his AW reviews are the best in the community because naturally it's objective and fair to say he's a more cynical type person, but when it comes to AW, he's naturally a bit of a fan. So when AW is not doing the best, and he's naturally a bit of a cynical person, that's going to lend itself to like an objective kind of down the middle analysis of it, and that's why his reviews are so good. So I yeah, know,
0: exactly. Like oh, exactly, God. you have you know you have JD from NY, and he. He's, like, the only guy, like we said, in the community that will call it down the line. But um, what else is there really to talk about this? Like, I I think we kind of spent enough time talking about this. Um,
1: I mean, uh, one thing I want to mention really quickly something I tweeted out. You and um, Anthony or Ray Love Wrestling talked about this. Like, go check Ray Love Wrestling out on YouTube or whatever. Link it down below. One thing you guys talked about in your review was legit the botch with Evil Uno. I know you you saw this definitely the, the the one where he's on the apron. I think Jungle Boy does like a move to him. Jungle Boy falls off the apron. Evil Uno forgets what to do and just runs at the ring post <laughs> for no reason. Hits it's terrible. Hits his head on the ring post and falls on the floor. It's like, terrible. Bruh. Like ugh, God. Yeah. And like also, I'll, I'll quickly make a point on that. You can go on with whatever you want after this. So the Evil Uno thing, the ending to the main event. One thing that kind of taught me is that AW people talk about how inexperienced they are as a company. They're two years old. They're still getting, you know, getting the feel of things. Those instances, the Evil Uno one and the ending especially, really showed me that as a company, they're not positioned in a point just yet to be able to improvise on their feet, to be able to call an audible that makes sense. For example, the main event it ends with Eddie Kingston covering Moxley. The, the whole of Daly's place is going to you know, explode the smithereens and instead there's like a few sparklers and a few bits of smoke and that's it it's a complete failure instead of having Kenny Omega who is literally in Gorilla he's just got back to Gorilla instead of Tony Khan going Kenny, walk, turn back around walk out there, laugh at them and have our show go off the air something that makes sense instead of doing that they end it with Eddie Kingston pretending to be passed out it, it's it's stuff like that which is why aw is just they're trying they're getting their mjf stable that kind of thing's really good but just generally they got stuff to improve on kevin that's fair to say
0: yeah i, I was gonna talk about the ending too i guess I, I forgot about it but you have the eddie kingston thing he's he they accidentally made a big baby face with eddie kingston because it just so happened that he looked like a genuine good guy trying to save Moxie and then he followed it up with a good promo where he was like, Oh, I got flashbacks to my prison days and that's why I did what I did. So it ends up working out really well. But like like if you if you look at it, you think, What if they had done this angle? What if they had strutted out Renee Young? They were just like, Oh, we're gonna try to make this real. We're gonna we're gonna send John Moxie's pregnant wife out there to to protect him. What are that you gonna do from good. that?
1: That would have been good yeah. No, it, no, it it no, would have been no. good,
0: but how do you follow it up? You're gonna have Renee Young on TV now every every week crying like, Oh, I can't believe Tony Khan tried to kill my, my husband, then you're gonna turn Tony Khan heel and it it's it wouldn't look good. Like it they they got really lucky that Eddie Kingston was the guy and it just happened to, to work out. And, like, they should have been able to call an audible. Because if that happened in WWE, you would have had Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. They would have been having an aneurysm screaming at the referee. Like, get them out of there. Get, like, just get them out of there. Like, do a shot to the crowd. Cut to the crowd. Cut to the wrestlers at ringside. Like, we can't have the show go off the air with this embarrassing finish. And some, like, you've got all these wrestlers out there. Like you said, Kenny Omega is literally an EVP. He's going back to Gorilla. He's probably... He like what what Kenny Omega probably did. He walked to the back. He's talking to the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks like, "Oh, dude, that spot you did with the barbed wire that was awesome, dude." And they're like, they're not even paying attention to the ending. Meanwhile, you've got Cody and Tony Khan just like they're probably intentively watching the the monitor, and they're probably like having an aneurysm, but they're not doing anything about it. I, I could yeah. just imagine what a mess that was backstage.
1: Like I, I I know I just said it, but I've got to reiterate this. I. I don't understand. I get heated at the moment. You don't always ma- make the quote-unquote correct decisions. I understand that the ending was botched and the explosion wasn't as good as, or big as much anyone expected and the whole thing was kind of executed poorly. But all you need to is Omega is riding Gorilla. He's the EVP, the world champion. What, what do you think he did when he got behind the curtain to go into Gorilla? Okay, there was probably about 20 seconds between him getting into Gorilla and the big explosion happening. What do you think he did, stepped into a time machine and went away to some alternate universe? No, he was standing right there. Dude could have turned around, walked five meters or, I don't know, 15 feet, turned back around, laughed at them, and then the show goes off the air with a visual that's actually, it makes sense. You know, Kenny Omega made John John Moxley and Eddie Kingston look like complete clowns. Okay, he made these guys cower in fear there'd be a big explosion, and Omega stands tall as the world champion laughing at them, like... J-. That wouldn't made I too know, much do. sense. That would
0: have made too much sense. Yeah, that would have made made too much sense. But I I, I want to pivot now back to to Dynamite and NXT for just a few minutes. So you have this past Dynamite. I thought AEW, like you said, with MJF Stable and amongst other things, I thought they really followed it up well. What what are your overall thoughts, though? on, on I want to focus on Christian, the new AEW signee, the big mystery signee. What's your overall thoughts on him coming in and challenging Kenny Omega
1: off RIP? Yeah, it's an interesting one, you know, because Christian Cage, Christian's a weird one, you know. Like he's always his thing is that he's lived in Edge's shadow. Because Edge's shadow has been, you know, because how great Edge is, Edge's shadow has always been, you know, fairly broad, fairly big. Christian's built a damn good career for himself. So when Christian comes in as a forty-seven-year-old AW, that's cool. It genuinely is. Like I think people who are trashing the moment of him coming in at um, Revolution. i I don't like that granted aw built that up as though it'd be brock or like cena the way they're like oh it's a big star coming and the fans drummed up the interest in that regard the actual moment at revolution was a bit like "Eh, it's okay christian's cool but the moment's meth but as you asked there that christian the 47 year old ex wwe wrestler who lived in edges shadow him going after kenny omega I thought they would have done Eddie Kingston versus Kenny Omega. Is, is that far-fetched, Kevin? Would that not have made too much sense?
0: That would have made too much sense to have Eddie Kingston, the guy who just made a big babyface, come out there and sacrifice his life for John Moxley. You would think that he would do anything to get his hands on Kenny Omega, but, you know. Yeah,
1: because wouldn't, wouldn't the storyline be Eddie Kingston being embarrassed as a babyface? Because Omega, with the ending of Revolution, made him look like an absolute clown, an absolute buffoon. Uh, but, but no, instead, Christian's challenging Omega already. Um, okay, what could they be doing? I mean, it's kind of cliché. Most people probably wouldn't love this, but hell, Co- what's Cody Rhodes doing? Just do a Christian-Cody Rhodes storyline. Cody Rhodes feuds with everyone who comes into AW at this point, so you might as well do that. Give Christian something that's not just, oh, he's feuding, feuding with Omega now. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, is it literally what it feels like i'll let you go in a moment kevin sorry to keep doing these long tirades but one of the things it feels like and jd mentioned this in his dynamite review it feels like tony khan is you know the billionaire he's got all the money all the resources available he's got this whole big collection of toys in the wrestling you know fandom he goes oh i'm gonna i'm gonna buy the christian toy now grabs the christian he has his Kenny Omega toy, like toy, and he just starts playing with them because that's what he feels like doing. He's got oh this big God. toy box of wrestlers. He's buying Paul White. He's buying Christian. He's buying Shaquille O'Neal, Sting. Just all these like big names, and just making them you know wrestle each other. And it's like, well, where's the long term story? What, what, why should we care? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, hundred
0: percent. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Christian. I'll say this about Christian. Vince yep. McMahon doesn't like him. It's it's widely known. It's widely documented. Vince, like, not, he doesn't hate him as a person, but Vince doesn't believe in Christian as a singles performer, as a big star. We've all heard the story that Vince wanted to put a black dot over Christian's face because he thinks he, that he has a face that is made for radio. He, so he he's not big on Christian, the character, the, the TV star. I'm not hating on Christian. It just, it is what it is. It's a fact, yep. you know, and... Yep. Christian, he there's a reason why he goes to the top every, every when he leaves WWE. It's not just because everybody's like, oh, we have to push this guy because he's a, he's a big star in WWE. No, it's because he legitimately could be a main eventer in WWE. He could have been. But the bottom line is that he he's not a main eventer in WWE. He's not perceived as a main eventer by casual fans. Casual fans see Christian and they think, wow, tag team legend, Edge and Christian. They think, oh, he had a really good feud with Randy Orton for a couple of months. One more match. I have to avenge my friend Edge. Like, they remember this this Christian. They don't look at Christian and think, oh, that's, that's Shawn Michaels. That's Brock Lesnar. Like, that's a big-time, large-than-life wrestler. It's just, it, it is what it is. And like you said, Christian, he becomes a he becomes a tough star to, like, to analyze because of that. And it's not all his fault. I don't blame him. I mean, he he's going to tell Tony, Tony Khan, I want to be in the main event. That's what I'm coming here for. And he talks about his podcast and he wants to wrestle Kenny Omega. So they're gonna make it happen. Is it too early? Maybe I don't really have a big problem with it. Like it's not the end of the world. I I, I like the Eddie Kingston and John Moxley pairing. I think that's good. So uh, the best thing to do is just let it play out.
1: Yeah, and I guess the, the good thing about AEW, while we've made like this video mostly AEW based, and considering how how little there is to care about Lane, I guess that's just the nature of the beast. But no, nah, I think the good thing about AEW at the moment, at least I don't know about you. But for me, the thing I'm enjoying most about it is MJF, Jericho, MJF's new stable, the inner circle going face. Like, I'll throw this to you first. What do you think of that whole thing, like, generally? I, I,
0: think, I think people are... I think it would be better if, this, if they did this in, like, 2019. Or like, not 2019, I'm sorry. Like, early 2020. Because I, I think people now are genuinely kind of sick of Jericho. M- mostly because of his political views and his views on, on the pandemic. I think people just really need a break from Jericho, so, like, it doesn't have the same oomph that it would if they had done this, like, instead of the Orange-Cassidy feud, if they had done this, what they're doing right now with Jericho and MJF, instead of an Orange-Cassidy feud with Jericho, this would have set AEW on fire again, but oh, God, yeah. now God, people yeah. are just like, uh, I don't really care about Jericho, like, he's, he's kind of an asshole, he's not the guy that we thought he was when we were kids watching him, like, people, like, People just he just needs to go away for a little bit. But with that being said, I, I do like it. it, it it's I want to see where it goes because they're building it as like this new Four Horsemen. You have Arn Anderson, Tony Blanchard, um, FTR, Jim Cornette's favorite tag team. You have Sean Spears, which I, I for the life of me I can't understand any justification why Sean Spears is associated with anything that has to do with the Four Horsemen. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll be here all day talking about that. And then you mm-hmm. have Wardlow, who's like the muscle of the group. It's a really nice group. I like it. I really do. I I, I have hopes for it. I think that's something that can help... Um, AEW, because people are just kind of tired of the same old thing. Like I said, heel, inner circle. You have Santana and Ortiz just kind of in the background. Like People want to see them be pushed the way they were in Impact. People want to see them become the big stars. So hopefully we can get something good out of this... with the inner circle turning babyface. I, I think it has potential.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things I'll mention with this... Uh, right away when i saw like i got home from a day's day's work i saw the picture of mjf with his like new stable and like right away i was like that's cool i I like that that's going to get me more interested in watching dynamite week after week i want to see where they go with this i'm interested Mm -hmm. so in that regard just fundamentally it's a w like i think that's near enough almost objective to say but when it comes to being more like analytical so to speak Uh, one of the things I will say is that a year ago, not a year ago, but like nine months ago, I remember back in like May and June when I made my like, what if CM Punk joins AW big video. When I did that, the whole talk at the time was, Oh, four horsemen. Oh, FTR. Like they'd just come in, you know, you can get maybe Spears in there, potentially MJF as the leader. That was like what was being talked about then. And that was May and June, 2020. And you mentioned the timing like right there yourself. It's the timing of this whole thing, because as a result of the nine or whatever months going by, now we're sitting here in March 2021 with videos like, I can't support Chris Jericho anymore going around the community. With this whole notion that Chris Jericho is an evil person because he didn't wear a mask or there was a concert and all the kerfuffle political stuff I don't wanna get into. Jericho is looked at in much more of a negative light now than he was a year ago, 18 months ago, when Joko was, like, the pioneer in the face of AEW, things have changed a lot. And as a result of the timing, I, I mean, you mentioned it there. Personally, I, I care a bit less than I probably would if this was earlier, but, oh, well. We'll see how the story plays out, you know? Like, yeah, you
0: know, that's it's... all you can say. The timing is, is is jacked up that they pulled the trigger on this, but, yeah. Uh, are you ready to get into Fastlane?
1: Um, unless you want to talk about NXT really quickly, just to mention the... uh. The NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, Michael. Don't talk about them at all. Yeah. Just real quick.
0: Yeah, we can talk NXT. Yeah, I, I want to talk about this too for a second about Finn Balor and Adam Cole. I I have to give props. Uh, Finn Balor went through a title defense without going to the hospital, so that is yeah, unbelievable. Boss yeah.
1: man. man made it. Let's go, Kevin. <laughs> Another one for the good guys. Yeah, get around it.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Oh man! Like, and then I, I love how people were talking. Oh, this week's NXT is stacked. Because they had three championship matches. Because you had... Good God almighty. You had the... God. I'm about to have an aneurysm talking about this. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, who people generally like on the internet. People like them a lot. They're literally handed the tag team championships. The newly minted women's tag team championships. They are handed to them like how Eric Bischoff handed the big gold belt to Triple H back in the day. By William (laughs) Regal. And they're like, oh yeah, we earned these belts. They're handed this because they won a couple matches... In the, the the women's Dusty Classic that nobody watched when NXT was getting like five hundred thousand viewers, so they handed the belts for that reason. Yep. <laughs> and then he, and then they lose the titles like what like within fifty seven minutes apart of them being handed the belts. They lose the title to Ember Moon and Shashi Blackheart, this random thrown together put together tag team. Of two wrestlers that are going nowhere, really. They, like let's just be honest. I know you if you're a, if you're an NXT fan, I know you love them. I get it. I'm not saying that Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart aren't talented, but they they're not going anywhere. It's just it is what it is. Now the, the the NXT women's titles they literally made it to a joke. 57 minutes after they're introduced
1: to the audience, it's unbelievable, bro. Oh my god! It, it's like w- women's tag titles. Just at this point, tag titles in WWE. It's, it's just not worth even bothering. Like, I, like it's, the tag team divisions should be good. They should be fun. It should be taking two wrestlers who are either stars, pairing them together, giving them a gimmick, you know, a storyline, an angle, like I did with The Fiend and Jeff Hardy in my WWE Takeover, or doing something like, I don't know, Sami Zayn and Ali, you know, me, putting them together, <laughs> making them a woke SJW, like, liberal team, like, doing something fun. Having tag teams be cool. And in turn, the tag team titles feel good, relevant, exciting, etc. But what NXT's done is the same thing that WWE did at the beginning of 2019. They've gone, oh, well, we have a few too many women to be contenders for the main title. What are we going to do? We'll hit the panic button, the big red panic button, and out pops the NXT women's tag team titles right on cue. So, as you said, you know, as you beautifully described for uh, all our Late hate listeners, Kevin, we've had two champions within <laughs> 57 minutes of them, the belts to booing. Okay, interesting. Um, so that's where we're at now. Where these belts will be in 6, 9, 12, 24 months, Lord knows. We've seen where the, the main roster women's tag titles are. In, they might as well be in some piss-down some gutter in the Mediterranean. Like They're just irrelevant, <laughs> awful belts. So, I guess, Kevin, we'll see where the NXT women's ones go. Am I going to be freaking out over this? these stacked NXT match cards featuring NXT women's tag title matches? I'm not. Maybe some of you guys listening to this are genuinely just marking out over the thought of seeing Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus Caden Carter and uh, Z- Zia Lee. I don't even know. Like, maybe some of you are freaking out over that. If you are, amazing for you. I'm genuinely happy. But at the end of the day, I just don't give a damn. So... Yeah, is that about it for the women's tag titles? Can we move on to Fast Lane now, Kenny?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited to move out to fast lane maggle. Yeah! Ah. Maggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I
1: love
0: fast lane maggle. Me and Ron uh, Simmons used to drive in the fast lane.
1: Ha <laughs> ha! Oh Ron Simmons and I lived in the fast lane for twenty-five years, Maggle. We set up all those roads in Memphis, Model. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well
0: John, um John, walk me through what fast lane is. What does fast lane mean to you, John? Oh, fast lane,
1: it's is the road you take to the Knot Club in Memphis, Model, where you play cards and you get drunk off your face, Modgel. Oh, Margle, I love it. <laughs> oh so, gosh.
0: Alright. Alright, with that being said, <laughs> thank thank you, JBL and Michael Cole for making it appearance. Um, man, boy, boy, oh, boy! Do we have something coming for you guys involving JBL and Michael Cole that you're gonna love. Uh, oh, you man, you probably that. already yeah. heard it. Chances are you have probably already seen that video. But yeah, so we have two matches for this year's Fastlane. Do you want to talk about this year's Fastlane, or do you want to talk about the great memories that Fastlane has created us created for us over the years? Because you know we make movies. Damn it, we make <laughs> memories. We put smiles on kids' faces. WWF, WWA, pal.
1: <laughs> well, we put smiles on faces, damn it Well, wrestling federation entertainment Damn it, Bruce Damn it, Bruce Get out of here, pal um, Yeah, uh, where to begin? Um, Fastlane, look One of the things of the super shows If you're a regular listener of the uh, Elite Heat podcast on, uh, on YouTube or Anchor or wherever we are If you're a regular listener You'll know that for the <laughs> super shows So the Rumble, we've done the Chamber Now Fastlane Usually, what we do is go through memories from the pay per view. What moments do we remember? What moments uh-huh. stick out above all the rest?
0: Oh, can I tell you my and favorite? Can I tell you my favorite yeah, fast yeah. moment? But yeah. my, fa- my favorite fast moment was when Goldberg, the icon, the wrestling legend, uh, absolute, you know, top draw. The dude is uh, he's he's drawn over a hundred million views on WWE's YouTube channel that Stephanie McMahon paid for. He scored squ- <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Oh my god! When, when the icon, the guy, the man with a top five entrance of wrestling history, when he squashed my next door neighbor at Fastlane 2017, and 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 he put the belt on an actual wrestler, that's my favorite moment in in Fastlane history, man. I got it. I got to be honest with you. Like that, nothing will ever top that. I remember watching that, and I was like. Oh, God, like, the, the the bell was about to ring, and I was like, what is my next-door neighbor going to do with Goldberg in the ring? And then Jericho's music hits, and Kevin Owens is like, oh, my God, it's Jericho's music. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. Oh, he's going to kill me. And he turns around, he eats a spear, and Goldberg pins him like the jobber that he is. Oh, such a great moment, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I was talk awesome about that for a moment. I love the way they did that. You have this guy, Kevin Owens, who... Five years prior was Mister Killstein kill in Ring of Honor, throwing El Generico off rooftops and you know putting him through trash cans with like barbed wire in them. That was the same guy who, oh, is that Jericho? Uh, what? <laughs> and then he turns around and gets murdered by a spear and he's lost the title. Yeah, like that. That was ridiculous. But Kevin, twenty-two seconds. We, but while we're on the topic of our favorite fast lane matches, I'll uh, i I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through my favorite fast lane match. I'm. Um, my one is uh, a tag team match from uh, Fastlane 2018 where uh, Natalia and Carmella teamed up to defeat Becky Lynch and Naomi. I thought the work rate was really good. The work rate was really good in that one, Kevin. <laughs> oh, I don't even know uh, what to say. I don't even know what to say. Oh, my God. Jesus uh, Christ almighty. See, I just want to say, if you've gathered from our last like 10 minutes of this podcast, essentially... We're doing our best to make just this entertaining because it's Fastlane. It might as well be a house show on the network. It, like, straight yeah. up. I mean, at the main event, there's some stakes to it, which I guess we'll talk about that now because it coincides with, the, like, the main match everyone thinks of when you think Fastlane, Reigns-Brian 2015. Kevin, I'll throw this question to you first. I'll let you answer this off the top. Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, winner faces Edge for the Universal title at WrestleMania. Walk walk me through your thoughts on this match, Kevin. Walk me through what this match makes
0: you feel. Oh, man. This match, you know, I got to put my my thinking cap on here for a second. I really want to see Daniel Bryan versus Edge because Daniel Bryan, he clocked into work every day for the last three years and he really deserves it. So that's why Daniel Bryan and Edge should main event WrestleMania over Roman Reigns versus Edge because you know daniel bryan showed up looking like a barista every single week and that, that it needs to happen because he's bryan damn it but you know but seriously though you have you have this again it's like the more things change the more they say the same we have this the same literally the same exact story except this time around roman reigns is the champion Instead of the challenger. Brock Lesnar was the champion six years ago, and they were fighting to see who would get the honor to get squashed by the beast. This year, now they're fighting for the honor and privilege to face Edge, and I'm like, bro, why, like, why did you even bring Edge back if, if this is what you're going to do with him? like, Why did Edge win the Royal Rumble? Edge winning the Royal Rumble literally means nothing <laughs> at all. He you should have just had Brian win the rumble and just do just do Brian and Roman for god's sake. Like why why do you keep doing this? Why how does Daniel Bryan keep finding himself like like at the upper crust around WrestleMania but he can't get through to the you know to the next level? Like I don't understand. Just
1: do It's because because he's Brian, damn it. Because he's Brian. He had great matches in RAW, damn it. <laughs> Come on. Like Kevin Okay, real quick, I'm going to place a bit of audio here. So hopefully we don't get our whole video copyright cut <laughs> down and you know, age restricted. But I'm going to play that a couple of seconds oh, of audio gosh. here. Oh, Oh, no. Let me know. Oh, no. well, I'm going to play some audio. So real quick. <laughs> hopefully that came through. Now, if you couldn't hear what that was, that was that four seconds of a segment we saw in January, January of 2021 where Daniel Bryan was backstage with the Alpha Academy, Otis and Chad Gable, (laughs) Daniel Bryan was behind a humongous, fat, sweaty man, Otis, and Bryan was... um... thrusting. Um... And this is the guy who Twitter is freaking out about and saying needs to enter the WrestleMania main event versus tribal god Roman Reigns and rated R superstar Edge. Yeah. Oh my Kevin. God.
0: Oh. Kevin.
1: Oh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You know, like, like one the, you mentioned it there, Daniel Bryan is getting a long-term service award at the moment. Of, at this point, knowing WWE, most likely is walking through to the WrestleMania main event at this rate, I mean, honestly, he's getting this long-term service award, and I'm just like, why Bryan? like I, I saw this um this thing on twitter the other day which had the nxt 2012 roster so you had like roman reigns when he had like one tattoo and you know he looked like he was about 21 you had dean ambrose eric rowan etc cetera, etc cetera. seth rollins is the champion and there was a there was a picture of danny birch and i saw this guy danny birch who i think he's the current nxt tag team champion i don't even know who the tag team champions are but i know danny birch is like he's on nxt tv every week now and i thought Danny Burch has been week in, week out, showing up to the performance center and NXT for now nine years. Why isn't Danny <laughs> Burch in the main event of WrestleMania? Danny Burch, he works hard. He he shows up every week. Why isn't Danny Burch in the main event of WrestleMania? Because uh-huh. he's got about the same amount of charisma as Daniel Bryan in the ring. They're not very they're not very dissimilar. Considering that WWE makes sure that guys can't you know show off their full movesets. So why isn't Danny Burch in the main event of WrestleMania? Oh you know. My God. It, It's just, if you're going to give participation awards, can you not give them when we're about to get Reigns versus Edge, Spear versus Spear, WrestleMania main event, Kevin? Why? It's just, (laughs) Kevin, Kevin, why now? Why now? It's Reigns versus Edge. This
0: is just, I, why? If if WWE really wants to have Dana Bryan in the main event,
1: why couldn't they? Do it after Mania, Kevin, do it after Mania. But
0: why now why, why couldn't they turn him heel and feed him to Drew McIntyre and let McIntyre squash a credible heel at Wrestlemania okay. why not Like, why not have him just be the planet's champion again you know oh. that, like Drew McIntyre hasn't had a good heel to beat since he beat Randy Orton after Randy Orton kicked Shawn Michaels in the head that would have been great you know but we got Bobby
1: Lashley as champion so it worked out well but whatever you know I, yeah Uh. But but Kevin, just just remember, I'm on the AW pills for not liking Daniel Bryan in three weeks before WrestleMania, literally being in the top championship picture. I'm on the AW pills, Kevin, remember that. Yep, you're one of the good guys, pal. Even though we literally spent 25 minutes roasting Tony Khan, AW, and how they go about business at the beginning. What do people want on social media, Kevin? I I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, basically <laughs> Reigns and Bryan are having a rematch of 2015 on Sunday um, Who do you think is going to win, Kevin? Who do you think is going to win? I-, I think we're
0: going to see a-, a screwy finish I really do, because you have Edge or Jey Uso They're going to wrestle next week on SmackDown The the go-home show to Fastlane And whoever wins is going to be the special guest enforcer for this match oh, between Roman oh. and Bryan So I'm thinking we're going to get a screwy finish and I really do think we're going to get a triple threat match at WrestleMania Like It's, it's looking that way because like if Jey Uso beats Edge and Jay Uso is the enforcer, I could see Jay Uso screwing Brian out of the title, and then Brian's gonna be like, well, you know, like he said on, like he said tonight, I deserve to get my SmackDown main event because this might be my, or to get my WrestleMania main event because this might be my last run. So then he's yeah. gonna have a real reason to get his last run if Jay Uso wins and is the enforcer and screws him out of the the, the belt. Ah, oh, God, I really think like at this point, just have Edge be like, Yo, I want to face Bobby Lashley, bro. Just, just. <laughs> Like just get Edge away from this. I-, I love Edge. I love Brian too. I love Roman, but this whole story just does. It's it's too convoluted. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it, it's annoying because like I, I genuinely I'm like a Brian fan. Like mainly when he's like a you know a vegan heel. I thought the the Planets Champion Brian was like amazing. It was character. It was funny. You to see him get beat up. It was creative. I thought that version of Brian was great. I thought the yes movement, Brian, as much as we question that in videos, it was something, it stood out, it was cool, it was an actual, you know, surge of character momentum for a guy who badly needs it considering he's five foot six and looks like the random guy who cuts your hair like, you know, at, at a barbershop. He's just like a random hairdresser. So a guy like that needs the momentum. And what do you do? You have him thrusting otis for a month or two you have him losing to cesaro nakamura for another month now all of a sudden he's because of that and doing the stuff which constitutes being a lower card jobber now he's all of a sudden legitimately about to walk into the wrestlemania main event for what being a part of the smackdown creative team is that why i i don't know I don't care yeah, it's, it's I don't because
0: know. he's daniel bryan that's that's it
1: um, I like Brian because he's Brian. That that was the best thing I've ever heard. It's like the most accurate uh, b- because he's Brian. What about <laughs> because he's Danny Birch? What about Danny Birch? He's been working working hard for nine years straight. He's been consistently showing up to work. Does he get a world championship match? You just yeah. I, don't know.
0: And, and I, don't know. Pe- I mean, people want to see Daniel. People want to see Daniel Bryan in this position. To compare Daniel Daniel Bryan to Danny Birch. is fair because people really do. There's a lot of like he has Daniel Bryan has casual interests. People want to see him succeed. People want to see him in the main event. If you're going to do it, just do it. Like, I've said it already, like, a million times. Just do it. Just get Edge away from this. Go have Edge and Bobby Lashley. Do spear vs. spear over there. And just do Brian and Roman and just get it over with. Because, like, WWE can't make up their mind. They're, like, playing hokey pokey. Like, do we want Brian in the main event? Do we not want him in the main event? Do we want him? Like, it just, it feels like 2014 all over again. I just, I don't understand it. I really don't.
1: Yeah, and, like, I don't even know. Because, like, you look at Brian. Like, if we knew two months ago that this would be the mania build we get, if that's what we knew we were going to get, you might as well just have Brian win the Rumble. Yeah. Because what good is Edge winning the Rumble done? Like, he speared Reigns at the chamber after a match, okay? He had a stare down with Reigns on SmackDown, and Sami Zayn interrupted them.
0: Just let Edge go have a dream match with AJ Styles and have Brian win
1: the Rumble and do Brian vs. Roman. Then. You, you might as well, because instead, as you eloquently described, it's just all convoluted. You've got Brian out there when it should be just Reigns and Edge. Keep it simple. It should be Reigns as a heel, Edge as a babyface, spear vs. spear, Edge's redemption story, Reigns as the tribal god looking to you know kill off another legend, go fight at WrestleMania in the main event. Simple. It makes sense. People in Peacock would, you know, see Reigns and Edge next to each other and go, "Oh, damn, cool." But now you've got you're throwing this just this random dude who looks like some hairdresser off the street. You're throwing him in there because he showed up to work and he's Brian. Yeah, like he's Brian because he's Brian because he's Brian. You know, that's it. You know, yeah, Uh, Uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we covered that match well enough. I like. I want to make it clear. Like, just final time to reiterate it. I like Brian. This current spot, ain't it? It's what they're doing. It's just not. It's not right. It's it's convoluted. It's messy. It, it, as much as people like Brian, just have him do this whole redemption versus Reigns storyline after Mania. Because what what else you can do after Mania with Reigns? Like I don't know, Kevin. Any other words before we move on to the next match?
0: No, I got nothing else.
1: Yeah, legit. Oh well. And then the next match. This one, you mentioned the controversy controversy on Twitter because of this one it's a match between so Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair are challenging oh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the WWE not the NXT, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Kevin, walk me through how this match makes you feel
0: <laughs> Oh god, first of all we finally saw some tension this tonight on SmackDown between Bianca and Sasha. And you know what they're fighting over? Reginald. Um, they're fighting over Reginald. Guilt. Because Sasha Banks, because Sasha Banks, as she put it, I understand why Reginald is attracted to me. I mean, look at me. That's how she put it, not me. So, that's what they're fighting over because Bianca Belair wants Sasha to focus on their tag team matching fastly. And, and Sasha's worried about this guy that I've never heard of until three weeks ago cause he, and everybody loves him because he could do a flip through the middle rope. Because Sasha Banks is like, she, she wants to flirt with him. That's what they're that's what they're fighting over. This guy, where did Reginald come from, first of all, and why is he important? Why are they booking him like he's more important than the women's title? It doesn't make any sense.
1: It feels like James Ellsworth all over again. <laughs> Legit. It reminds me like Ellsworth. That's that's an even better example. I was gonna give. It reminds me of like Punk vs. Brian from back in twenty twelve. Whereas this like this match that you know the whole internet wants to say... that it's built up by the internet. Oh my god, I can't see this match. And you get to the actual storyline, and it's some weird, like, in Brian and Punk's case, it was this weird, like, love quadrangle storyline with Punk, Brian, Kane, and AJ Lee. (laughs) Yeah. It was just weird. And now you look at what they're doing now, and as you say, it's Sasha Banks fighting over Reginald because Sasha Banks is the, the boss or something, and Bianca Belair is just there, and then Carmella is God knows where she is. Like, like, I tweeted this out literally yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll read this tweet, just I'll, I'll quote it, and then I'll get your opinions on this. The Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair storyline in a nutshell. Bianca Belair, quote, I'm the S- EST. Sasha Banks, quote, I'm the boss. Bianca Belair, quote, I'm the B EST. Sasha Banks, no, I'm the best. Both. Shut up, Reginald. That, in my opinion, sums up the storyline. What do you think of that, Kevin?
0: That's, I mean, that's like, spot on. That, like It's it's too spot on. Uh, and then and then you yeah. have this segment. I got to rant about this. You have this segment tonight on SmackDown. I don't know if you saw this. You probably did. I know you didn't watch the show, but, you know, spare me. I watched the show, so I have to vent about this. Yeah, go. You have go. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. They're sitting in a shopping mall. And you have Shayna Baszler on her phone looking like she wants to just, like, jump off a bridge and then, and then you have uh, Reginald is trying on suits flirting with Nia Jax and and he's simping over Nia Jax and Nia Jax is like his sugar mama she's like oh buy whatever you want baby you're my boo you're my bay you have Michael Cole screaming on commentary that's your bay Reginald is your bay oh I was oh, my ears were bleeding but what is this you have you this is all you come up with you have these these three people these two girls and this guy they're in the mall and they're flirting with each other. You have Reginald, legitimately Reginald, is sitting on Nia Jax's lap after she just bought him a a brand new suit in a sh- in a shopping mall in a store. He's sitting on her lap, and I'm like, what is this? What am I watching? <laughs> it's like this is this is supposed to be a PG show. The, what what is this? What does this have? What context does this do? Why does
1: why does everybody like Reginald? I don't understand. Ugh. So. Kevin, I want to input something here. As you said, I didn't watch SmackDown for tonight. I I didn't watch SmackDown. You're describing this to me. I'm hearing what happened. Not a single part of me is going, oh, damn, I'm more excited to watch Bella versus Sasha at Mania now. Not not one bone in my body went, oh, yes, let's go. Bella versus Sasha.
0: You're not excited to see Reginald sit on Nia Jax's
1: lap while she throws money on him? i i like i hear that and I go who cares like is like who who is that for is is that is like is the wwe's teenage girl audience supposed to watch that and go yeah i want I wanna watch that for a living like
0: yeah. <laughs> like yeah I, I want to spoil some guy some guy in my college class <laughs> yeah that's what he, watch- that's that's what women are thinking watching that yeah
1: that's exactly, yeah, that is, that's long-term <laughs> storytelling, pal. That is long-term <laughs> storytelling. Just, also, just remember, Kevin, just remember, any time there's long-term storytelling, that makes it good. Yes. Anytime if there's a story, if there's something that goes on for six months and you can tell behind the scenes they don't know what they're doing and have no continuity, forget that. It's long-term storytelling, therefore good. Therefore, mm-hmm. shut your mouth.
0: Yeah, that, that okay. makes Randy, or- Randy Orton puking up oil for four weeks straight. Really, like, riveting TV. <laughs> Because it happened four weeks in a oh. row.
1: Oh, God. Oh. oh, you build a WWE superstar on the ground. that look like Randy or Michael. We love it.
0: Oh, he's got oil in his mouth, Michael. He's ugly.
1: Oh, Ron Simmons and I used to... We used to throw that black blood around the club in Memphis, oh. Bro... <laughs> I, 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 used to, I used to down those black blood margaritas in Memphis, Margo. I, oh.
0: I, I wish they would just put JBL a commentary for one freaking week. I'd love to hear JBL describe Reginald to the SmackDown audience on Fox.
1: Oh, he sucks, Margo. <laughs> Oh, he no, There's no talent in this match, Margo. Like,
0: <laughs> uh, I want Nia
1: Jackson by buy me a suit, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need JBL back, but not to preview this match. Uh, it, it just doesn't matter. It, like I, I'm not. Uh, shout out to our boy JT dangerously. We, we, we just. <laughs> fine if I hate myself. I'll speak on behalf of you for a moment, Kevin. Yeah, go ahead. It just doesn't. We don't care. It doesn't matter who wins out of Belair, Sasha, Jacks, aka my hole, and Sasha basil <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like no one's gonna look back, like six months down the line, and go, "Oh my god, that that." That Fast Lane women's tag title match really changed the landscape of WWE. That match though. That match. Oh my god, Fast Lane was stacked. Oh. Fire emoji. Can, like can, no one
0: Can, oh. can I I got to oh. interrupt you for a second. Can I go back to this yeah. to this shopping mall segment cuz I thought of a whole other rant I can go on. Go. So go. you have Shayna Baszler. She's this 40-year-old woman. She's one of the four horsewomen of the M- of MMA. She went from being a legitimate badass, she's a revered MMA fighter, came up with Ronda Rousey, Jessamine Duke, she beat people up for a freaking living, now she's sitting in Vince McMahon's office, fast forward 11 years, whatever, she's sitting in Vince McMahon's office and Vince is telling her, ah, pal, I want you to go shopping with Nia Jackson and you're gonna go with Reginald and you're gonna buy him suits, pal, and he's gonna look fly, pal. Like, what is she thinking when she's hearing Vince McMahon explain this to her? When she, 10 years prior, she's sitting across from Dana White, the most powerful man in MMA, and Dana White's like, Yeah, I want you to break this girl's neck on pay per view. I'm going to give you a million dollars. Now she's listening to Vince. off <laughs> you got to get Reginald a suit, pal. Like, this is an MMA fighter. Like, I can't believe that. I, I can't imagine that this is what she imagined she would be doing in, in, in when she was, like, at the height of her MMA career.
1: <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, pretty much. Like <laughs> she was legitimately, she was legitimately beating up and injuring most like tough men for like like over well over a decade, and now she's in malls with like Reginald. Like what? Yeah. So what, what is going that's, on? That's legitimately speaking. That's the build to Fastlane. We have a segment in a mall. We've got convoluted SmackDown main event angles where Brian is wrestling against Reigns and Edge because Brian's wrestled and lost a few matches in the SmackDown mid card for a couple months. Um, and yeah, Peacock model. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's it. Okay. All right. All right. I guess we should talk about this too. This is going to be the show that that we see the Fiend return because they've been waiting for the Fiend's return to to, to do it on Peacock so they could get the most eyeballs possible on the Fiend. <clears throat> like, th- this show literally is just, like, it serves no purpose. It- it's just to it's just to have a bonus. So Vince McMahon can be like, look, look, Peacock, this is what we bring to you, pal. WWE, pal. We're the Disney of wrestling, pal. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. And you have this oh, meaningless oh, show just so you can get the end. The end of the show will just be the Fiend attacking Randy Orton. And we'll get a close-up of the Fiend's face. <laughs> like, that's, you know, this is basically
1: what it'll be. Jedi. You just know that stuff's coming as well. Like, it, it's either going to be that, or what the ending will be, probably... it's like, Yeah, it's literally like going to be... Like, The Fiend returning is, like, the big, oh, my God, who saw this coming? Or it'll legit be Reigns and Brian having, like, a no finish, an Edge standing tall over them to close the show. Or it'll legit be Brian standing on the top rope doing a Yes Chan pointing at the WrestleMania sign. That That'll be what the ending will be. It's one of those three... If it's the last one, I'll just be disappointed. But, you know, is what it is. My opinion doesn't really matter because, you know, it's what it is. He's so. Brian. I think that's all we have to cover, unless you want to mention some more stuff, Kevin.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. I got nothing else. Do you want to talk about the the glory days of Fastlane?
1: Thank you for listening to Late Heat episode 12. <laughs> Hopefully you've uh, enjoyed the uh, podcast. It's been a good bit of fun. We've blasted really, really most things today. We've, we've made jokes about JBL vomiting black blood in the memphis nightclub and going with ron simmons we got some fun so uh, yeah any final <laughs> words before we get out of the <laughs> oh i
0: love how you did that oh my god that's too good i got nothing bro i got nothing i don't i don't even know i'm so drained that just doing this for an hour drained me there's literally nothing to talk about <laughs> oh god all right that's it i guess we're closing this year so yeah, talk have to have, a, next have, have a
1: great rest of your week, people. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Back next Monday, we'll figure out what we're doing. We don't quite know yet. Probably something fun because you guys enjoyed the fun ones, like the high school or the real jobs. We'll figure out something. We'll do something topical. Episode 13 will be a fun one. So, yeah, enjoy the video. Smash the like button if you haven't on the premiere All that kind of stuff. Kevin, it's been a fun one. Episode 12, The Late Heat, The fast lane, Super Show. Peace.